Welcome to Tales from the Rift, a podcast exploring our conversations around drugs. I am your host, Issa Kixon. Each guest will tell the epic tale of when their experience with drugs shifted. So sit back, relax, and open your mind to Tales from the Rift. Hey everyone, we're back with another episode of Tales from the Ripped, and I am here with Sherry McKay. Holy shit. TikTok royalty right here. TikTok royalty. So Sherry. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here with you. Like, this is so cool. Like you. (laughs) You've, um, I feel like you've shaped a lot of um 2020 with you know just like what you do uh with your online presence um so why don't you why don't you give us like a little background story on you know who is sherry um i'm like i'm I'm like hmm which (laughs) what do i want to talk about What what do i want to reveal Um, I'm, I'm just, I always say I'm just a native mom with a phone. That's kind of like, you know, when people are like, oh my gosh, like, I'm just a native mom with a phone. Like literally I'm in my house and I'll, I'll think of something funny that was either an event or, um, that like that happened to me or that happened to someone in my family. And I'll kind of just put it out there. And that's what I've been doing. And that's what I've kind of always wanted to do my entire life, you know, as a, as a storyteller, you're at a party and you're like trying to up one each other. Oh yeah. Well, you know, listen to this. And, and you kind of just get into that storytelling mode of, you know, cool stories to tell and something I've always done. And I'm glad I have a platform to do it right now. God, I'm so (laughs) glad you have a platform to do it because there's been some days where like, I've, you know, gone through your videos and like watched a couple of them on repeat just because like they're funny like the the actual joke writing within your tiktok is so like chef's kiss but also it's so relatable and i think that you know when you're watching things like tiktok or youtube you'll have like a lot of people who are sort of like a generic funny but you are a relatable funny like I've watched your 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 content and just been like fuck yeah I've been there (laughs) yeah that's exactly (laughs) what I hope for (laughs) and so I just um your you know your story is so unique in that you know again you're you say that you're just a native mom with a phone but you you've exploded and I think you're more than just a native mom with a phone you've sort of helped shape um a lot of good outlooks I would say because there's you know there's a lot of people that you know like I've gone into your comment section and seen so like I know there's really toxic things that happen in there but I've seen so many people saying things like oh my god I can't believe I found you and you know that's so relatable you know like another Nietzsche mom over here too and um and then kids watching you 
Mm-hmm. I like brought you up and they were, my kids were like, oh yeah, yeah, I know her. She's funny. <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh, you know, you're sort of like, you know, you, you're reaching like all these different gen- generations of mm-hmm. people who, you know, like young, um, my age, older, just, <clears throat> it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, again, like, I love the whole concept of like, I'm just a native mom with a phone, but also, you know, look what you've done, Mm -hmm. you know, from a native mom with a phone to now you're, um, what's it called when you're sort of like given that like official status? Uh, Verified verified yes that's <laughs> it <laughs> I'm not hip with it <laughs> um but you're, you're verified and like that's something that's pretty hard to to get you know especially when you are a native mom with a phone right exactly um, so would you like what are what are your like plans for 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 TikTok like are you are you going to just sort of like continue doing what you're doing or do you have you know sort of like plans to you know move maybe to a live audience um it's kind of hard for me right now because I grew up with no direction so like literally the world you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. I can choose anything and yeah. I just have to like do it. And I just have so many things that I want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to do, I want to do stand up. I want to do podcasts. I want to do, I want to go back to YouTube. Um, like there's just so many things that I want to do. I want to do, I want to, you know, travel and do uh, presentations. I want to go up North. I want to, you know, I'm just like, I just, I want to do it all. Uh, and it's funny because um, when reality TV kind of used to, you know, when, when reality TV kind of became big and you have, you know, Dog the Bounty Hunter and then you have the Kardashians, I was always like legit. Every time I watched any kind of show, I was like, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> like I could wrestle crocodiles. I could do hillbilly hand fishing. I can like, I can do yeah. it all. And that's my problem is that I think I can do it all. And when you try and do it all, then you kind of lose focus. And, you know, so I want to try and, you know, zero in on, on one thing at a time, at least. Um, And I'm still not a hundred percent sure what it is. TikTok's given me a lot of really amazing, great opportunities with some amazing organizations, you know, where they're like, can you come and help us record a a Christmas ad? And, you know, like I've been able to feed my family because of TikTok and pay my bills and stuff. And like, that's huge. You know, a lot of people, I remember not too long ago, it was like, oh, you and, and, oh, I like you and your little videos. And it was like, you know, my little videos are paying, paying my bills, (laughs) you know, Uh, I mean, or at least making payment arrangements. <laughs> I, I'm doing something and, and I feel like um, I just don't know exactly where it's going, but it's, but it's going someplace. <laughs> I, so I won't ever leave TikTok. Yeah. You won't ever leave TikTok. Okay. That's no, good. I won't leave TikTok. That's mm-hmm. good. 
that that actually <laughs> anxiety level went down. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it sounds like Sherry needs an agent. Um, which, totally. <laughs> which I, I'm like half serious, but also like some agents can be ripoffs. Um, mm -hmm. But so, you know, now we sort of know a little bit about who Sherry is and, you know, you know, her Drake type story started at the bottom and now. <laughs> um, when, uh, when did, when did you first try drugs and what was your first drug? So my first drug was marijuana and yeah. I think I was probably, I think I was probably like 13 and yeah. I stole some roaches from like my dad's, my stepdad's ashtray <laughs> and smoked it in like some, uh, like, like toilet paper roll with a tin foil. <laughs> like that. And I don't even remember if I like inhaled, but that was like my first experience, you know, handling <laughs> anything or, um, and it was by myself. Yeah. And I've done that a lot of times whenever I've experimented is I've, I've, even when I drank, like it was by myself first. Yeah. So I, so I didn't embarrass myself at a party <laughs> or so I knew, so I wasn't going to yeah. get sick, you know, <laughs> cause I was never really like a big, um, like, um, big at experimenting at parties, you know? Yeah. So I, I kind of always, you know, and then when someone would say, have you ever smoked before? I'd be like, I'm not lying. I did. I did. <laughs> my stepdad's roaches, but you know. yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, marijuana when I was probably about 13, 12 or 13. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like for the most people that I've talked to, that's about like the standard age that people, you know, like experiment or, you know, get curious about. And it's always weed. Mm -hmm. and um for me it was my older sibling my older sister I had found her stash oh, and um I just I just like straight up found like a stash and um I can smoked it <laughs> <laughs> and like not even knowing like you know really how to inhale properly yeah, because um, I was already smoking cigarettes at the time, and I just like I remember being like, "Oh man, this sh this is shitty weed, maybe." Yeah, and, and it doesn't it like it didn't hit me right away. But then I remember like later on that day, I was like, <laughs> and just like was still like I went nonverbal for like half a day because <laughs> I, I think that was the same. It. That was the same thing for me because like I had smoked cigarettes. But I wasn't like, you know, like where you just kind of smoke just around your friends and stuff. Yeah. And that first drag was always like the worst. It was like the, you know, like it hurt yeah. your chest, you choked. So when I remember when I first inhaled uh, pot, I didn't choke like that. Like I didn't yeah. have that hurt, choky feeling. And uh, mind you, I was smoking roaches, but like it's, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the same so that's why I was like I don't even know like I, I think I got a little bit high but 
uh, someone probably came around and caught me, not caught me, but, you know, killed my, killed my bus. (laughs) (laughs) But it it would be enough to like know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like, was, was that sort of like, did you continue to like, just experiment by yourself? Um, no, not by myself. Uh, so like, I'm, I kind of want to just give a little bit of backstory because yeah, <laughs> when it comes to like, uh, drugs and alcohol, um, I was raised by my grandmother and she was an alcoholic, but she was very religious and, and just like, did not drugs were bad. You were the devil. It was like horrible. The devil's lettuce. Like it was just not. So when yeah. she found out that my stepdad smoked pot, she never wanted me visiting my mom. She never wanted me around there. So that was where my curiosity, you know, was peaked when I found his roaches and I decided to, you know, smoke them myself. And then I had a friend later on. And so then I I was, this isn't that bad. Like, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? Like it's, (laughs) um, so I went to hang out with my, with my friend in, in the hood in the North end here. And uh, we're the same age. We went to school together and whatever. And I guess they were having a party. And there was always like a bunch of boys. It was one of those like party houses where moms always had bingo and kind of just lets the kids do whatever. And uh, so I used to go hang out there every once in a while and they smoked a lot of pot, all of them, like lots, like big fat blunts, you know, four people in a circle. And there was like four joints and they're all <laughs> passing them. And it's like, why are you guys even passing them? Like, why don't you just like, <laughs> oh, I don't get it. And I got really high one night with them and uh, it was just me and a couple of two of my girlfriends sitting in their room and they had a black light and we were listening to um some country song I can't remember but I was like why the frick are we listening (laughs) to country like this is so sad (laughs) And I just remember I couldn't stop smiling and then everyone, and I felt like everyone was looking at me and I was just like, I can't, I can't stop smiling. And I buried myself, my face in a pillow and everyone, (laughs) everyone was like laughing at me, but they were, they were also, they were like, none of us can stop smiling. You know, like that's (laughs) what it's supposed to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it was a good experience because I was around I was safe. I was, you know, I was with people who had already, you know, smoked a lot of pot and um, I trusted them. And yeah, so it was, it was a really good first, first experience that, you know, when I smoked roaches by myself, that was like, (laughs) I almost don't even want to count that. (laughs) You have to. Yeah, I do. Them's the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like did you did you experiment further with like anything other than weed um yeah not too long after that I was probably about 14 and that's when like everyone was doing acid and so um but they were doing like lots and lots like I didn't even know um I didn't even know what it was and all of a sudden, you know, everyone was dropping acid tonight. So um, 
so we ended up going to a friend's house and they were taking like three or four like tabs and I was like so scared but they were like explaining everything to me like we we took acid like for the past five days so this is why we're taking this much this is your first time and you should do this much and it was like half a tab and I was just like okay you know what like so they were looking out (laughs) they were looking out for me but but at the same time it was like they're giving me acid (laughs) (laughs) and I just remember their stories you know like man I seen cartoons and I seen Mickey Mouse and I seen this and I seen that and so I was kind of getting freaked out because I was like after I took it I was like well how long does it last (laughs) and then they were like yeah eight to ten hours and I was like eight to ten hours (laughs) like what I gotta go home (laughs) yeah it was uh I, I I got high on the acid but it wasn't anywhere near as high as my friends were because I just remember still being in in the right frame of mind to still understand what was going on and how messed up they looked like the things that they were doing they're like you know doing stuff (laughs) like that and I'm like holy heck man (laughs) so it was a lot of fun watching them and then not being as high as them I think for for my first time because it was like yeah. Wow. That was a lot of drugs, <laughs> but did yeah. Did you ever, like, did you ever get to experience the full effect of acid? I did. Um, <laughs> I did a couple times because I was like, this isn't that bad. So the next time I've probably dropped acid in my teen years, probably about uh, six times. Yeah. And, but it was never like a, like a day after day after day, <clears throat> because we actually knew somebody growing up who used to drop a lot, who got really messed up from dropping so much acid. So everyone was always like, oh, you don't want to end up like so-and-so and whatever. And, you know, so that kind of freaked me out. And also, you know, trusting that whole, that whole trusting where you're getting it from, who's it coming yeah. from. And I remember this one time. So we used to just do the, the, the paper, right? Yeah. And uh, one time uh, <laughs> I dropped acid with my mom um, when I was 15. <laughs> and she was like, when she found out, cause I told her that I dropped it and she was like, oh, that used to be my favorite. And I was like, oh my God, cause I thought I was gonna get in trouble. And then here she was like, do you know where to get some? And I was like, yeah. And then so she was like, okay, go get me some. So I went and got her some. And then we took it together. And like, we were supposed to have a big, like, I should, I'm not, I shouldn't even say we, she was supposed to have a big party. Um, And I was just supposed to, you know, hang out or whatever. (laughs) And uh, we had it all. We had, she had booze. We had cigarettes. We even ordered chicken. Uh, like we got greedy when the second, you know, it was like, let's drop acid because once we dropped it, it was done. It was over. Like there was no party. People were banging at the door. Like we see you inside. And we had the lights and everything off. And we were like, who is it? And we were like, we were totally, it was a bad trip. (laughs) 
I can't imagine dropping acid with my mom. Yeah, it was like, awful. My like, and the funny thing is, is that my parents are they're they're both boomers, um, but they were both like you know disgusting hippies. So like they've done those drugs and like they tell us stories all the time. But thinking of dropping acid like now, like today, mm-hmm. with my mom today, <laughs> that is nightmare fuel. Yeah, it was nightmare fuel. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I was just like, oh, legit. My mom's like, okay with this. I probably only dropped acid one more time after that when I was like 17, because that trip was really, it was really not fun. Like it wasn't, yeah. it was, it was funny, a little bit yeah. and pieces, but it wasn't like, any experience I had before where, you know, you're having a good time with your friends and you're laughing about silly things because this was like with my mom. And not only was she like trying to like boss me around (laughs) and be my mom, but we were like high together and it was awful. (laughs) Sounds so fucking awful. It was awful. I do not recommend. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, so that brings, oh my God, sorry. I'm just like, I'm still so lost on like <laughs> doing acid with my mom. Um, <laughs> but did you like, did you do um, like, what was sort of like that? Was that your life changing experience or was there ever like uh, a moment with um, drugs where it just kind of like, you know, like that was the epitome of your experiences. I'm trying to think because like, um, so yeah, the last time I dropped acid was when I was 17, but then I, but then I discovered mushrooms or I should say mushrooms discovered me. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because my first experience with mushrooms, I didn't know I was taking it. And so, yeah, so somebody made mushroom tea and kind of just gave it to everybody. And then after we finished it, they like laughed about it, that, that everyone just drank mushroom tea and that, yeah, that part in itself was like, if you would have said, Hey, who wants mushroom tea? I would have been like, okay, I'm down to try it, but to kind of make me feel like, you know what I mean? Like, I like you were duped into it. Yeah, exactly. But the trip that I had there was, it was pretty, um, I would say it was probably one of those moments where it was mm, kind of, I don't know if it was like, like, I didn't feel like I was one with the universe or anything, (laughs) anything amazing like that. I wish I had a story for that. But um, the first time I took mushrooms, my friend was like, do you want to go camping? And this was, we were, I lived in Edmonton. And I was like, yeah. So we, she's like, yeah, we're going to go camping um, for three days. I'll pick you up, whatever. So I packed my bag and I'm from Winnipeg camping all of my, my kid life, bathing suit, flip flops, towel, sunscreen. She took me to the mountains and I, she didn't say we're going camping in the mountains. She said, we're going camping. Yeah. So uh, it was cold. And so I had no, I didn't have the proper, (laughs) clothes or anything I was like I thought we were freaking going 
swimming and going went to the beach. I didn't know we were going up so freaking winter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could do without that, anyways. And that's when she said, "Here, I'll give you guys something to warm up." When we got, we pitched our tent, we got all ready, and there was like six of us, three girls and three boys, and um, she gave us tea, and then. I was like, why is there, why is there sticks in here? <laughs> She's like, oh, that's the tea. And then, so like, you know what I mean? Like she had every opportunity to tell me, you know, you're, 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 you're taking mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until we were done when she told everyone that we just drank mushroom tea and how many grams it was and all of this stuff. And everyone was like, right on. And they were all excited. And I was like, I've never done mushrooms before. And she was like, oh shit. <laughs> so I was like, well, like I've done acid. And she goes, well, it's basically the same thing. And it wasn't for me. It was kind of, yeah. um, it was kind of a nicer, warmer vibe to it. Yeah. You know? And, and so like, I really, I really enjoyed like the conversations I was having. I really felt, um, I really felt, and the fact that we were like up in the mountains and it was so beautiful. Like I was just enjoying everything. The fire was like so nice and warm. And then this park ranger comes out of nowhere. And he was like, Hey, I just wanted to tell you guys that if anyone here is menstruating, they should sleep in the vehicle because it's bear season. And then he dipped out. And then we were all like, <laughs> <laughs> and then my one girlfriend was like, Michelle, can I sleep in your truck? sleeping in a tent with you <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like our one friend because she was menstruating was like ew you have cooties and no one wanted to hang with her because we're all scared of getting eaten by a bear <laughs> you go first <laughs> yeah exactly and then it seemed like everyone was disappearing one by one like after that park ranger came into the equation it kind of got scary and yeah. then you know, and, and we didn't have phones, like we didn't have any, anything, um, I, maybe a flashlight, I don't know, but going to the outhouse to like, to go use the outhouse, it was so dark. You couldn't even see your own hand in front of you. Like it was so dark. And I remember just like walking and we would hear growling and I was, did you hear that? Yeah. Did you hear that? And, like, it was so scary, but it was so fun at the same time. <laughs> well, also like when you're in it sort of like together as a group yeah and you know like I like that's I love being scared sometimes <laughs> like I think like honestly like I'll watch horror movies like just to relax because I love I love the the feeling of like yes I'm supposed to be scared mm -hmm. you know rather than like having generalized anxiety where it's like this is you know not a reasonable you know, like me being anxious right now isn't reasonable. Like, yeah. you know, an anvil mm -hmm. isn't going to fall on my head, but my brain is telling me that's what's going to happen. Whereas, you know, when you're camping and you're high and, you know, like you all, you all have like the gigs and then, you know, you throw that element of like, oh my God, our friend is menstruating <laughs> and there's bear. <laughs> Like that shit to me, like that, that's so heartwarming. <laughs> like I'm sure it was scary, but at the same time, I'm like, that warms my dang heart. 
and then everyone was like why would you come camping if you're menstruating and it was like leave her alone <laughs> like she just wanted to. and then I got an ear infection I developed an ear infection that night and I was still high on mushrooms and I could hear glug 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 in my <laughs> ear and I didn't know if that was still the mushrooms or like I didn't know what was happening and I woke up and my eardrum ruptured <laughs> so I had like all this mucus around my ear and I still had to stay there for two more days <laughs> no how did you deal yeah. like did you just like get high the entire weekend and I'm the same like what did you do yeah we smoked a lot of pot we smoked okay. a lot of pot and drank drank a lot of booze um, my girlfriend was like, put a, put a warm, she kept giving me a warm wet cloth to put over it. And that worked like amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, as if I just got like, how the hell did I get an ear infection? Probably because we were like way yeah. up there. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I was just like, this is crazy. And I just remember, can you hear that? And people were like, no. And it was my ear inside going glug, 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 glug. <laughs> they thought I was going crazy. And I'm like, no, I hear something. <laughs> oh God. So not only like are you with your menstruating friend and bears, but then you have like your ear fucking filling up with fluid and you're you think you're going crazy mm-hmm. because you don't know what's going on. Man, that is that's like a fucking Seth Rogan movie right there. <laughs> totally right. And when I woke up, my ear was so gross the next day, and I was like, see, I told you I it was so gross but yeah that I would say like that moment just hanging with my friends and kind of just all of these little things happening like I said at one point it looked like everyone was disappearing one by one and it was just me and my girlfriend that was menstruating (laughs) that was just sitting (laughs) in front of the fire and we were like where the hell did everybody go like like it's just us and then she's like I'll go check and I was like no don't go check and we're just like hanging on to each other like no like let's wait for something I don't know and then she's like what if there's a bear <laughs> like it was just this bear we kept thinking of that was just coming for us there was no bear all weekend you didn't see it a single bear <laughs> no we didn't see one bear and I swear to goodness that park ranger that came in he was like so cartoony he was like the way he came in was like there was like sound effects and everything and his hat was like super huge like he just looked like a big cartoon park ranger and it was so ridiculous and then he just like freaked the shit out of us and then dipped out and we were all like I have so many questions <laughs> what do we do? it was a good time <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. Maybe the park ranger was just a bear in disguise. (laughs) It's like, you guys have any picnic baskets? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I've never, like my entire life, I've never, I've had lots of opportunity to do other drugs, but I was always scared um, to take any pills or to do like Molly or ecstasy or any any of those kinds of even cocaine I've never done coke just because I felt like if I can't if I can't like I don't know a lot of it has to do with my grandmother and how she raised me and how she freaked the shit out of me when it came to drugs and even though I kind of just 
dipped my toe into the pool when I smoked pot. And when I lived in Edmonton, I smoked a lot of pot. Like I smoked a lot. Um, But then it was like, then I quit smoking pot and I don't know. It wasn't like a a lifestyle thing. It was more like recreation. And that part of my life was very recreational. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Edmonton was a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, Yeah. Edmonton is a good, is a good time. I've Mm -hmm. definitely had some good times in Edmonton. Do you like, so, you know, fast forward to to today times, do you still like smoke weed or like, would you ever do mushrooms again? Um, I did mushrooms probably about five years ago. Um, And it was a good time. It was, uh, yeah, I did mushrooms with my boyfriend and his friend and my friend and it was a really fun time. Like, um, no one was like having a bad trip. No one was being a downer. Um, the house we were in had green walls. So everyone was green. Like everyone was green. It was like, you looked at someone and you're like, why are you so green? (laughs) Like it was a really fun time. Um, would I do it again? Possibly if I was in a situation where, you know, because my biggest fear is I'm going to, even with smoking pot, even with having drinks, my biggest fear is, you know, I go and, and I get drunk or I go and I, I get really high and then something happens where I have to not be high <laughs> or not be drunk because it's happened to me several times. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it's just myself. I don't know if it's me um, for seeing something or if it's me <laughs> making it happen. I don't know what it is, but it's happened a lot of times where I'm out and about and something goes down and I have to like straighten out right away. Yeah. And so I don't dig doing that. So I'm always like, <laughs> if I, if I'm going camping for three days, I just might do some mushrooms. <laughs> you yeah. know, I just yeah. might do those things if I don't have any other responsibilities or anything that I have to make sure that I that I have to do um I haven't smoked pot in a while my boyfriend is huge pothead he's like 420 everything (laughs) he knows it all he knows everything he's a huge part of the 420 community and I kind of just listen to him and when he talks about things it's like another language to me and I'm just like just (laughs) I'll smoke a joint (laughs) you know (laughs) but I'm like I don't know about dabs and oh god that's yeah. I can't do it I mean I, I could but I'd rather just because I don't smoke so much that when I do I get like really high yeah yeah, yeah. So I, I actually I don't I don't smoke it anymore because I have severe asthma mm. like super bad asthma like I can't I can't smoke it anymore um but my partner he makes it for me uh like edibles Oh yeah. And, um, they're pretty good. Like they're not, um, they're not like the edibles that, you know, like fuck you up for, like, I remember buying edibles in Toronto and it just like, I was screwed up for so long. Like I had to, it's not even fun. (laughs) I was like, I'm in a city and I don't know where I am. (laughs) Oh my God. 
I just called an Uber and was like, take me back to my hotel. <laughs> you know the one. <laughs> oh my God. But so yeah. he makes them for me and he makes them like at a good dosage. So oh, maybe I'll like wrap you up a present and, you know, deliver you some edibles. Cause oh. it's, they're <laughs> fun. Cool. Yeah. If you ever, if you're ever like, yeah, I just, I'm going to have a weekend to myself. I mm. want to get high. I'll, I'll hook you up. Um, I've done edibles once with, with my mom yes. <laughs> last year. And that wasn't good either. I don't know why I keep trying to do drugs with my mom. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> Cause she's a super fun, like awesome, funny, fun, loving woman. But then the second yeah. she gets high, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm out of here. I can't do <laughs> you know? Like I'd rather be high and you and her not high. Cause that would probably be a good time. <laughs> but like yeah I just went straight to bed and she stayed up all night blah, 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 talking to my boyfriend <laughs> and my boyfriend was like oh my god <laughs> put your mom to bed <laughs> and he's just trying to chill and she just wanted to stay up forever and talk to him <laughs> but it was good it was like I went to bed I had a really good sleep <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. So what do you think is in the future for Sherry? Like, what are you, do you have any sort of like big projects coming up? Any sort of like goals that you're wanting to hit? Um, I said, I want to do, you know, like I want to I have a, a shop that's going to open up soon, like an online shop with my merch. And yes. I've been waiting for that for a while. And it's kind of just getting to, uh, I did it with some t-shirts, but I was packaging everything and I was having everything prepared locally. And that was like a lot of work. Yeah, And I felt like the prices of the merchandise were a little bit too high. So I yeah. need to try and figure out some way to, you know, bring down the price of the merchandise, but still not spend all of my days packaging and, you know, I mean, yeah. doing all of that stuff, mailing everything out. So um, it should be opening up. I'm hope I'm hoping within January, January, February. Um, and I have a, I have a website. It's kind of just like it's sherrymckay.com, but it's uh we're still building it. It's there. You can yeah. look at it, but yeah. there's not a whole lot to it. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, I'm glad that, you know, there, you know, there's a space mm -hmm. that if people want to reach out to you, you know, cause they're like, I need some more Sherry McKay in my life. Maybe I want to wear a t-shirt, you know, <laughs> maybe I want her to do a workshop because, um, I did attend one of your workshops with, um, Creative Manitoba, I think it was the okay. how, to, how to be deadly. Oh yeah, how to be deadly on on TikTok. Um, and I made it to the first workshop, but I was having a lupus flare up. Um, but uh, just the way you're able to, you know, present present concepts and ideas, and just like explain, you know, the history of, you know, not only TikTok but the history of yourself. You just, you make it so cohesive and you make it easy to follow, but you also make it fun because some people can be like so super dry where it just like, you're like, oh, 
this doesn't feel deadly. Whereas, you know, <laughs> you actually like fucking made it deadly. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, you know, if you need somebody to be deadly in a workshop, hire Sherry McKay. Um, For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are more things that I would like to do or like uh, workshops or presentations. Um you know, just doing videos. Like I, I did a video for a couple of campaigns and just doing things like that, like whether it's free or honorarium or like my, my flat rate or whatever it yeah. is, I'm down to do it. You know, like I've been approached lots of times where people they're like, you know, what's your rate? We'll pay you, you know? And they're just like willing to like throw money at me. Yeah. And that's hard too. Cause I'm like, when you start when people start asking you those things, you're like, well, what is, what am I worth? Am I going to overvalue myself? Or am I going to undervalue myself? What am I, you know, so I'm still going through those phases of, you know, um, starting and, and I'm, and I'm, I've started my own business. So my business is Sherry McKay enterprise and it's basically, uh, me, yeah. <laughs> But there's so many other things that I wanted to do. Like, I, I know that there's a lot of Indigenous content creators that um, that deserve to have these same types of opportunities. But I don't know if people aren't reaching out to them or if they don't know who they are. You know, like we have a lot of amazing, talented um, Indigenous people that do beading, that do all kinds of like amazing things, um, speaking, educating. But yeah, like you said, some type of uh, directory where you can link, you know, Indigenous content creators with businesses and marketing and all yeah. that stuff. Um, because I haven't sought out anything. People have come to me and I think yeah. of all of the opportunities I would have if I, you know, if I had someone yeah. to represent me or if I went and sought out things, which yeah. is something I will be doing. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. That's so yeah. cool. Well, let's, let's stay in touch because I have a few ideas too. So for sure, let's, let's collaborate our minds. Um, sans mushrooms without the mushrooms, no mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no mushrooms. (laughs) Um, well, I just wanted to say, Sherry, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and, you know, just sharing your, your experiences and your stories. Absolutely. <laughs> it was fun. I was like, I forgot, or I forgot how fun mushrooms were. <laughs> but like, yeah, there's a time and a place, right? You know, that's yeah. how, that's how I feel from my perspective. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Tales from the Rift is recorded on Treaty One territory home of the Anishinaabe, Cree, and Diné, homeland of the Métis Nation. Music provided by local musician Hassan Ashraf. Until next time, stay safe and chill.